What's going on, Rutherford Nation? Jake Seymour here with Kyle Baxter and Reed Miller for another episode of the GRD Podcast. Today, we got a lot of stuff to go over. But first, a couple of announcements to start of the episode. All right, first off, where's GRD at? You know, GRD always out here, but yeah, he's not here. So I don't know where he's at. But no, GRD, right now, he's getting ready to leave to Kansas City for the weekend. He's going to go see the Patriots play in Kansas City. So you guys definitely got to check out his page, keep up to date with his story, and right away, media, just to keep track of all the stuff going on with uh, you know, KSC and, pa- and Patriots this weekend. And also, stay tuned at the very end of the episode because we have a huge, huge announcement to make about the future of this podcast and maybe possibly our first guest. So make sure you guys stay tuned towards the end of the episode to figure out that. Uh, but first, got to talk about the Celtics. Recap of the Celtics' bubble performance. Um, you know, Celtics, they lost in six games to the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, a lot of people think that they were happy with it. They were upset that they lost in six, but they were happy that they made it to the, final, the Conference Finals. Uh, Reed, what did you take take away from the Celtics' loss? Overall, you can just see where this team is at, I think, as compared to the other teams in the East. Like, yeah, we got a lot of star power, but it was the better team that won the series. And I know the Celtics might have better players, but the Miami bet, uh, Miami depth, uh, depth, yikes, depth was just so – it's, it's what killed us. Like, it just goes to show that they exploited our weaknesses uh, at each and every corner, especially at our bench. We couldn't really match their firepower. Um, it also demonstrated a need for vets. Like our bench is very young, aside from like Brad Wanamaker and As Cantor. Like these guys don't really have a lot of playoff experience or any experience for that matter. A lot of like rookies and second-year players. And um, there's also that close argument, like we talked about with uh, Jason Tatum and Dan- uh, even Danny Ainge, like, questioning whether or not Tatum's a closer. Like it's that. Um, it's a multitude of things. It's frustrating. They had about a week to sit on it now. Um, but I would say the Barry team won, but you're looking at the finals as of yesterday and, uh, Wednesday, I mean, in game one, like that's, it was just so frustrating to watch, like all these heat players go down and watch them get blown out and think, not help, but think like, oh, this would not be us. We would not be letting this happen, but we just couldn't get together for one series. Uh, yeah, I mean, one thing I want to talk about, I think you got to take into question with this is the heart of this team because I watching these games, I felt like they quit at it at the end of it. Um, they had a great, they started off amazing. Those first two games, they had a big lead and they choked it away. And then in the game six two, they had a decent lead midway through the fourth. It was a five point lead, and all of a sudden Tyler, Tyler Hero he came in, he hit a layup. No, no, I'm sorry, he hit a three and then he hit a jump shot from the charity stripe. And all of a sudden we're tied and they just kept shooting and shooting and shooting. And every time I saw that, I just kept thinking to myself like. This is the, the easy way to go out. You guys aren't hitting shots, and instead of driving and forcing yourself to get points, you got to just keep checking up shots. And, Reed, I want to go off your point. You know, the better team did win. The Heat were a better team. But the thing that I'm always going to look at from this series is that talent wins in the NBA. And the fact that talent didn't win in this series just shows, like, this team isn't ready. They're not mature enough to go on to that next step yet. They don't have the experience. They don't have the vets. And, and like I said, they're not, just not mature enough to go on. Um, I hope it's a maturity thing, and I hope that's not how they are as a player, because if they're as a player, that's a huge problem. But, you know, now you're looking at down the line to blow up the whole thing, and it's a waste of time. But, you know, hopefully... Late finish. Late finish, my bad. Uh, oh, I thought you were still going. That's, all right, you were done. You no, might no, no. You, were, you were talking. I interrupted. Oh, all right. Um, I don't know. That was something, like, where I saw it. Like, I'm hoping that's just a maturity thing, and that they can mature out of it, and it's not some of that how they play. Because, um, you know, a lot of these players, like I said, haven't had a lot of that experience, so... That was one big thing I kind of took away from the loss. I guess I kind of have like two like takeaways off your points. Like, hey, when you said like more talented teams win, like we kind of talked about as a side. Like, I'm not sure how true that is anymore. I think it's just the better team that can win in a seven game series, which is goes without saying. 
But, like, I made the point, like, last year's Raptors team, yeah, the Warriors got hurt, but you can't tell me that team's more talented than the Warriors. I'll even go back to 2011 with the Mavs and Heat. You cannot convince me that those Mavs were better than LeBron in the prime of his career and D-Wade and Chris Bosh. Like, I don't know if, how much it is that talent wins. I think it's the better team that wins overall. And Miami was able to exploit that for seven game in a seven-game series, especially against a much weaker Celtics team. Not even I won't even call it weaker. I would say just not as deep because, yeah, we got that star power and, like, the top five people and Tatum, Jalen, Kemba, Marcus, and Gordon. But, like, aside from that, it's, like, there's a lot of uh, holes in the attack that Miami was just picking us apart on each and every time down the floor. I mean, to that point, I'm just going to bring it up real quick. To that point, I would just say it's just a fluke. I mean – Nothing is going to be perfect like that. Um, I mean, you know, one thing I will say, though, that if you go back the last 10, 20 years, all the teams that won in the finals more than likely were the more talented team. With maybe maybe three or four teams that you could say, yeah, that team was definitely not more talented. They, they had a, either a lucky break or they just played good team basketball. Um, because, you know, look at you know, so many teams like those early Lakers, um, even more recently, though, that Warriors team, uh, still a dynasty right now, more talented than any of those Cleveland teams. So, um, but even too, you can talk about the whole talent thing, but I really want to focus on the heart of the team because I really thought they quit. I wonder what you guys think about that. Kyle, what do you think about like their heart going into the game? Well, first, uh, like Reed said, the heat got absolutely thrashed game one, lost Gorin, maybe bam too. So yeah, they're both out now, what was that? Both ruled out for, uh, for tonight's game. Fantastic. So Basically, we as Boston fans have to just come to the realization and acceptance that Miami is not going to, you know, beat them. And the Lakers have tied us for titles. So that's fantastic. More motivation. How can the Celtics not watch these games and be like, and then just like not be dying to come back here? Like they, this has to like light that fire that wasn't there in that, in the uh, Miami series. Like it's got to be like that, like kicking that I'm being like, it's, Kind of embarrassing that this team's in it instead of us. Like, yeah, they, they beat us fair and square, but it's just. Yeah, to go off Jake's point, I'm, I don't know if it was like a heart for the whole series because, I mean, everyone remembers the post game two debacle where, you know, Marcus Smart throwing things. I heard it was uh, Marcus Smart was throwing Tremont Waters at uh, Jalen Brown. Thought that was kind of funny. But I, I don't know if it was just the heart. I mean, I think most people would agree we got thoroughly outcoached. Spolster did an amazing job. And I think, Reed, you said this one time. Maybe it was in our group chat, but Spolster is not an underrated coach anymore. I think everyone sees him as being a good coach. So we we definitely got outcoached this series. Uh, Yeah, it sucks. I don't know if it was the heart or just that, but it it really stings. Because like you said, I mean, this should be – we should be in the finals this year. It would hurt to lose to LeBron and especially LA, but it still should be us. It's a quarantine bubble. Doesn't count. Doesn't quarantine championships don't count? No, guys. no, don't say that. Don't say that because because a week ago when the Celtics were in it, you were you guys are riding the coattails saying the Celtics are going to win it and it's going to count. There was no talk of this title being diminished in any way. So I don't want to hear any of that because and Reed, I know you're saying that as a little joke and you're kind of pointing fun at it, but I've seen on Twitter a lot of people saying the same thing, not in a joking matter. Because I've said to people, like, okay, like, come on, like, funny joke. And they're like, no, like, I'm dead serious. Like, how can you say the matter? And it's like, you guys weren't saying that weeks ago. I mean, classic. I would say like, this, though. Like, like I'm, got, I'm not saying it's an excuse. Like, yeah, they beat us. There's nothing we do. But, like, I'm not even – I would even go back to, like, the Milwaukee series of Miami. Like, I'm not even sure if Mil- Miami gets past Milwaukee in front of fans. Like, Milwaukee is a really tough place to play. And, like, 
I don't think because this Miami, uh, Miami team is like a lot of like rookies in their rotation. Like Hero, Duncan Robinson's not a rookie, but he's a young guy. Like Bam, even like another like young player. Do they get rattled in like a playoff atmosphere for the first time in their careers? Like I don't know if that goes the way they want. Like they're definitely for sure a team that benefited from this bubble, no doubt about it. Because look, look where it brought them. Yeah. So I mean, one thing about- that I want to kind of piggyback off that point. Um, you mentioned earlier, Reed, in this in the podcast, like a couple episodes when the bubble first started, that, that the better shooting team would win, and the Heat were the better shooting team. I think they're one of the best in the bubble. So it once again it goes off your point where you said earlier, like the better shooting team, no matter what team it is, whether the Lakers, the Celtics, you know, whatever team, if the Heat shoot better than anybody and they're a really good shooting team, they prove that that's gonna be something that's gonna carry them. And it's something that you said earlier that kind of brought me back to it. I was going to say, I don't remember making that point, but I'm sure that goes without saying, yeah, the person who makes more points than the other team will win the game, Jake. No, three-pointers. <laughs> I say points, I going to say three-pointers. Okay, so you said, you said shooting. Well, like, yeah, we're winner. Yeah. Um, the team that scores the most points at the end of the game will win the game. Sounds like a boat at bull take right there. I don't know. I mean, I don't. Yeah, you go. You go. Uh, no, no, you go if you want. I guess you can't really dwell on this too much, like. It's it's over now, done with now. It's been about a week. We're on to bigger things, not even bigger things because we're not even championship. But we're on to other things. We're re up. We uh we're re- we're rebuild, not rebuilding, but we're reloading for next year. In my eyes. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to beat them while they're down, but all I'm gonna say is that all I just find it funny with this team, all the green teamers out there that thought they could come back from the three-man deficit. I knew as soon as they lost and they were down three-one, they were done. Yeah, because, but it's not fun to think like that. Like, I haven't seen yeah, no, but I'm like, thinking, I'm like, thinking from a perspective of taking myself outside of the big Celtics fan and think about it realistically. Okay, why can't why this team not do good? Why didn't they underperform? Because I've said it before, and I'll say it again. They didn't make it to the finals this year. That's a bust. You needed to go to the finals this year. That was it, right? Um, this, it's like the goal coming in. Like, think about what because this literally a year ago has, uh, since the season started. Like. Think about where the team was a year ago. Like, you take you trade out Kyrie, Orford, Rozier, Marcus Morris, and you bring in Kemba Walker, and you bring in Ennis Cancer. Like, think about where the expectations were there, and like it's a long season. So like they were like what Eastern Conference Finals, like better than anything better than a second round exit is literally by de- by definition improvement. Like by default, uh, we improved off last season. I was going to go off with, uh, I mean, I came into the year thinking it was either Eastern Conference Finals or Finals. And I thought they would go seven in the Conference Finals. I didn't think they'd lose in anything less than seven. Like I say, there's like goals change. Like you get past the, like you get to the Eastern Conference Finals and then like the next goal is what, championship? You don't get that? That's a failed goal. I wouldn't call the whole season a failure now though. I'm not saying, no, no, no. I'm not saying that they because they didn't win the NBA Finals it was a failure. I'm saying the fact that they didn't get to the Finals. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was a failure. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because... I think the biggest thing with it, you know, if it, if we played Milwaukee and we lost in six to Milwaukee, I would have said, okay, this is totally different because I expected to lose to M- Milwaukee, but my Milwaukee wasn't in it, and it was a Miami Heat, Boston Celtics, Eastern Conference Finals, and you were right. the, you were the better team going into it. Any right. every analysis, every you know, everyone had you over this Miami Heat team, and the fact that you lost and not like if you lost of a buzzer beater in Game Seven, you'd be like, that was ridiculous. You still show on, but you know what? Tip your hat off, right? Good shot, right? But the fact that you lost in six games, and honestly, you probably should have lost in five or four, it's just something that you look at, and it's like, why? You know, why did you guys so underperform? And there's a lot of stuff we could talk about. I mean, we're going to move on to the free agents and the offseason moves that this team could make. Um, I kind of have a little one that I think going to trigger some people, but we'll get to it when we get to it. 
Um, yeah. But right now, we're just going to go through, I have written down on this little sheet of paper, all the people that are going to be free agents heading into this offseason. And first one on the list, we're going to start from, I guess, like, you know, like the more less ones and the more notable ones later on. We'll start with Kyle Baxter's man and the one that Brian Babikin has tattooed right here. Uh, Taco Fall is a restricted free agent. So do we think that the Celtics pick up Taco Fall again? Well, it's gonna. We'll look at this upcoming draft. How many first round picks we have? Like three, I think. So yeah. It, it kind of follows along with that question. Like, what, what does he do with that? Does he like draft and stash? Does he try to like package them in a trade? Like, there's a lot of people coming in in this upcoming draft class for the Celtics, and then you got all these second year players, these non guaranteed contracts, and these players coming off the books. Um, you would love to see Taco come back. Maybe you hold on to him in the G League if. Uh, you can sign to a contract there, but it's not the most popular move, but I'm not sure if we'll see Taco fall back in Boston. Will they keep him? No. Should they keep him? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Simple enough. Uh, I like Taco. I think he's just a good, funny guy to have around the court. Um, but one thing I didn't know about this team, last season, and, I'll, and I'll, this is kind of weird because, like I said, the year ago, you know, this month we were starting the season, but the team, the last year with Kyrie, I felt there was so it was not taken. I don't want to say it was taken too seriously, but there was so much stuff going on that made it like not fun, and it wasn't fun for the guys, and they couldn't really goof off and do the stuff that they wanted to do, right? And I feel like this year there was too much, too much goofing off, like too much of that, like you screwing around off the court kind of thing. And I feel like maybe because no, because think about it, like in the bubble, you always saw them um, doing stuff um, like that. Like uh, what was one of them? I feel like they were always, you know, what I'm trying to say, like. Are you Are you giving me that look. What? A team, a team last year that had no chemistry. Are you saying now that they have too much? No, the they had they had good chemistry, right? But I'm saying I feel like they I don't know maybe they're a little too goofy. I don't know. And I feel like Taco Fall would kind of played into that role because he That's was kind of the media guy. He was the media guy. Like everyone wanted to see Taco Fall play, and it was kind of like the goofy thing to do. You're up by 30 points in the game, put in Taco Fall. If anyone to get to your point, not that I believe now, I have no idea what you're trying to talk about, but. It'd be- <laughs> Cantor, I think, or probably Grant Williams or someone like that, like like known. Yeah, like, that's true. I would have given it those two. Like, like I, I was think- only going to say Taco because I feel like Taco is like that freshman that comes in on the you know on the basketball team or football team, whatever, and he comes in and everyone kind of just like, oh, get him in, get him in, get him in, and he kind of gets pushed up. I don't know. That's what I was kind of trying to get to. I kind of worded it poorly on my end. Well, the my whole bad. team loved Taco though. They all. But love that's him. what I'm saying. I don't know. I just feel like you need to bring him back because of that. Like he, a lot of people really liked him. Um, marketing. What do I mean? And what do you mean again for you? See what happens in May. For those players and like on this court, like Marcus Smart, people love him. Grant Williams, people love him. Like guys like that. I think you can get it from there. We're trying to win. We're not trying to make friends right now. <laughs> yeah, but my biggest fear though, then, is him going to him. another team and then just absolutely lighting us up one game, putting like thirty and fifteen on us, like no problem. He has That's potential. What he's what seven five. I'm not not to like well like yeah he's, he's like seven seven. He's the tallest guy, but um. I don't know if he's – I don't want to, like, cut this point off, but it's kind of the next point anyways. Is Trey Waters a free agent? Is this yeah, contract? We'll get to him. Yeah, we'll get to him. Okay, Thank I was going to say, we can segue to that. But I mean, like, he's someone who I think should get minutes next year. I would do anything to get him on a full roster next year. I like what I've saw from all season long. Yeah, I really like Trey Mon- uh, On Taco, though, I will say I don't think – I think Taco comes back, but I think he's in Maine. I don't think he's on the Celtics squad, you know. Um, we'll go to Tremont. So Tremont Waters, he is a restricted free agent this year. 
I love Tremont. I think, like you said, he deserved minutes. I thought he played great. Uh, but and he, I think he wasn't he the rookie of the year in Maine. I think. Yeah, like he rookie of the. I think he won like a rookie of the month one year. It might have just been rookie of the year. I think he won rookie of the year. But so he he had a good year in Maine. I'll give him that. I think I want to see him in green though. I don't want to see him in red. Put him on the Celtics team. So game, he could... His game translated very well to the NBA when he played those like minimal minutes. Like I went to that one Phoenix game. I remember the one when Marcus Smart hit like eleven three pointers, and uh, we were missing Jalen. We were missing Kemba. So that's like our backcourt that's gone. They brought in Waters like at different points throughout the game, and I was like looking to my buddy that was sitting next to him, like, like look. I was telling him like, watch what happens when Waters is on the court. Like, good things happen. Energy's up. We're like we're in a plus. Like we're not in a deficit every time. Like we're, it's it's a it's like a, he's an energy guy. You need he won't play a lot of minutes, but like when he's there, he'll do what you ask of him, and he's ultimately he's a positive. There's backup point guards like Brad Wanamaker who try to do too much sometimes, and I've been flip flopping with him all season long. And ultimately, I wanted to kick rocks, but we'll get to that later. Um, I think it's like less is more. He knows his role. He's going to be an energy guy. He's like that Shane Larkin. Like even though it's a, it's a weird example. You're not going. It's not the first thing you point to, but like you saw how he was back in the 2007, 2018 team. Like when he played, he was just that little spark, that that extra kick, that little uh, extra kick of caffeine. If you want, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, but I think he's huge. He he does have real potential on this team, whether it's here or if we can't bring him back and he goes elsewhere. I don't think he. I think someone's gonna scoop him up if we don't. So I would like to get. I would like to get him uh, on lock for at least another year or two. Eh, I'm not the biggest Traymon guy, but I'll stop That's with the slander. What's there not to like? Uh, I I just don't think he's that good. I'll tell you why Kyle doesn't like him. Can he take him a roster spot that Taco could take? Uh, <laughs> more like he averaged 10 minutes a game and got, you know, like three points ever. Okay, fine. Answer me this. Him or Carson Edwards, who do you want? If Carson Edwards had more confidence, I would go with him. But as of right now, Tremont. Doesn't. So, but Traylon Waters has that confidence. That's, that's, the, that's the difference. Well, that's right? what I'm saying. Like, if Carson had, well, you know, that summer league knockdown three-point shooting, yeah, I'd want him on the team. But as it stands right now, Carson lost his touch and can't, you know, throw it into the ocean off the dock. So, I don't really want touch. I don't remember seeing that. In the summer league? In the summer, no, in the G League. I thought he was still shooting pretty good in the G League, no? Carson Edwards, yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah so he, I think the thing with Carson the Edwards... Throw up 15 bricks a game, but... I think the thing with Carson Edwards is that he's one of those guys that's just a straight-up shooter, and that's something the Celtics need right now. So I think he's a very important part of that team down the road. I think the Celtics need a J.J. Redick-type player, and I think Carson Edwards could be that. Just a spot-up shooter, give him the ball and shoot. You know? Or J.J. Redick. These guys work out I mean, season, we'll say that. <laughs> But Tremont Water is good. I like to bring him back. We frustrated to see him go. Not a lot of people are aware of him, but I do like his potential a lot, and I think he can be a very vital piece in this team if Stevens invests in him. That's that could be a big if. Brad Stevens hates that could be a big if. my mind. I like, I like I like Waters. I like Waters. Uh, moving on, we got Semi Ojale. This one's very interesting because I think Semi Ojale is the player that could leave or stay, and nobody, everyone's like, eh. Like, not to be that guy, but, I mean, he does a lot of stuff on the court, but I feel like just from a fan perspective, you'd be like, okay, he's here. Okay, he's gone, you know? Yeah. I see, like, two things. Like, he's I can't, he's another guy I flip-flop on. Like, when he first came into Boston, like, in his rookie year, like, he was 
like a he was a defensive stopper, just like a strong body out there who can spot up in the corner, catch and shoot, play good defense. His defense kind of declined as his as his tenure grew. Like he's about his third year now. Like he's just that. I can see he's restricted, right? Yes. Oh no, team option. Team option. That's right. Yeah. Same. Uh, not not all actually, but. I can see them bringing him back into the fold as like a continuity sort of thing. Like he's in a weird spot where he's like that thirty-year veteran almost. Like he's he's a young guy, but you feel like he's been there forever. He's like that end of the bench. He won't play some games, and then he'll randomly start and fill in for like Gordon Hayward or someone like another night in the starting lineup. Like he'll get like twenty minutes a game, and he'll get zero for like different stretches. But he's right for that. Not a whole lot of people in the NBA can adapt to that, and I feel like he's done a pretty decent job of that. But like you said, like stay or go, it won't really bother me. I won't lose sleep over it. Yeah, don't care. Bye bye. Hey, he's bye friend. Of, he's friend of the program, Shemi Ojale. So don't be that uh, indecent to him. All right. <laughs> I, I I think uh, I think we'll. I always mess it up. Is it Gene or John? Which one is he actually? Gene. Gene. I think woke Gene hit it right on the nail. I would not be surprised if he was in Chicago next season. I like Semi Ojale a lot, and he's at he's it's funny with Semi because he's one of the few NBA guys that are actually look built. Like he has a lot of muscle on him. The guy's huge. He's a, he's um, a human sized action figure. That's what he is. Human sized action figure. Yeah, <laughs> I I really like Semi Ojale a lot. I think he's a very I think he's very good player at what he does. Not going to be the guy that you see put up 30, 40 a night in the box score, grabbing all these rebounds or steals or whatever. He just does the little things, and that's what I like about him. I wish he had more minutes though because I feel like. I just don't see enough of him. You know, maybe in the beginning, you just like throw him out just for like 10 minutes a game. See what happens. I feel like he's either not playing or he gets like three or four minutes. And I feel like that's hard for for someone like him that does a little things right to make an impact on the game when you're only playing three or four minutes. Well, so, if he falls under like the Ennis Cantor like line of train of thought, like a lot of our bench players, and that's kind of what's a problem for us. We need to go get and let, we need to go out and get bench players who can play each and every game consistently. He falls into like the he's only good for certain matchups sort of deal. Like depends, he's only playable against certain teams. And I'd say the same for Ennis Cantor too. Yeah, uh, but I also feel like two semis are really good. Like again, like you said with the matchups, I was gonna get to this, but I think he's really good against Milwaukee. I think they use him a lot in against Giannis. And I mean, at least for next season, I mean, whether maybe Giannis goes out west in the following year, but at least this current season, the 2020-21 season, Giannis is gonna be in the East, and that's something you to look at and be like. Okay, well, maybe you bring back Semi just to see how he does because he has been used a lot in that Milwaukee game plan that the Celtics have. One thing I will say about Milwaukee, the moment to the next player, is they kept saying all all year when Jalen Brown was out, Jalen Brown figured out how to stop Giannis. He figured it out, he figured it out, right? And we never saw Jalen Brown and Giannis. So if they don't bring back Semi, maybe they're putting it all in Brown. I don't know. We but saw was- the bubble. We did have, they did play us with Jalen Brown in the bubble, and we did he did do a very good job on us. I remember that like fondly. So I feel like we do have, of all the teams in the NBA, I do think we have the best attack against Giannis with the amount of wings we can throw at him, including Shemi. So that's a really good point to think about. Uh, Maybe you bring back just for that. Because it is, is, like, meaningful, that reason. Like, I do think that's a plausible reason to bring him back. The only thing to me is... This is Shemi Ojale is this team's Gershon Yabuselli, where you're just kind of looking at him going, like, yes. You haven't really no. improved that much over the last couple Vincent of years. Fourier, he's literally French. It's literally Vincent Fourier. He's another Frenchman. You literally just got picked up this year. How can you say Vincent? 
Wasn't what? Vincent just picked up this year? No, I said yeah. Gershon Yabuselli. No, we know that, but Reed said that Vincent, Vincent was the Yab was a Yabu. I thought Vincent was just picked up. He was. My point is that like, Gershon just that guy at the end of the bench, like Gershon never played. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. saying that. Yeah. Well, my, my thinking of that was Gershon never really improved, and I don't really see Semi really improving that much. I mean, the man's getting jacked as hell, so I'll give him that. He definitely is NBA body ready, but he's shoot. more than that. He's NFL body ready. The guy's huge. Yeah, maybe he should me? go play in the NFL. Just saying. Uh, that's more of a bad He's literally a friend of Boston's big three, so not, he's going to come here and fight you. So, Shemmy, you I, beat the snot out of me 10 times out of 10. 11. <laughs> like. I like Semi a lot. I, I really hope he comes back. Uh, he just does the little things. And again, Giannis, too. So, um, Moving on, this is the guy Reed really doesn't like a lot. <laughs> um, of course, Kyle leaves for this one. Uh, Brad Wanamaker, restricted free agent. I love, love Brad Wanamaker. I think he's a really good backup point guard. So you're Kyle, the guy. I, what? So you're the guy that does. The only one. No, Kyle guy. likes Kyle, – Kyle, do you like Wanamaker? I am a massive Brad Wanamaker fan. Yeah. I think he is the perfect backup point guard – Turkish Finals MVP, Turkish NBA ch- or Turkish champion. How bad is Turkey? How bad is Turkey then? That's what I want to know. How bad I is this? I don't know. Athena's Cantor. Cantor. I think there's a dictatorship in Turkey. You're not allowed there. He wouldn't know. <laughs> oh wow, that was a that was a low blow. That was a low <laughs> blow. That was a low blow. Reed. Come <laughs> on. Anyways, he did NS30. <laughs> to Wanamaker. I do not. He can kick rocks for all I care. What's he worth? He's getting like a one point. Something I think it's like 1.9. I think is his uh, bird right. I think perfect. I like that, Sounds yeah. good to me. Yeah, sign it, book it. I mean, it's cheap for like the production versus like the production value cause, but like then again, when he's on the court, like he just does so. He d- tries to do so much that really you just don't ask of him. Like I, I don't know why we do this. I don't like we're on the floor together, but when it's him and Kemba sharing the floor, like it just like rubs me the wrong way for whatever reason. Like it's Brad. When he's literally sharing the floor with Kemba, he tries to do too much of what Kemba can do. That I think it just kind of brings the offense to a halt. Like, that I, think is a good point. I think he just dribbles the air out of the ball and he ends up just bouncing it off his foot and turning it over. He's that Here's way. my favorite. Oh, you can't even see it. I can't see. You have a green yeah, screen. Yeah, it's going. It's my working. favorite uh, account that follows me, Brad Wanamaker Fan Club. I am a proud member. Uh, Jake, I also have a question for you. Is there one player on the Celtics you don't like? Because all I'm hearing is, oh, I love them, I love them. You know, you talk about the green teamers, and I think you might be a green teamer, Jake. No, no. Wow. You're going to throw that one at me. I've said some stuff that really piss off green teamers, and I know a couple of you guys have gotten pissed off at it. One thing I will say, not calling out green teamers, by the way, just saying some stuff. <laughs> but anyways, uh, Brad Wanamaker, I love him. But, I, Reed, I will say the point that you brought with him and Kemba both being on the court – I don't put that on Brad Wanamaker. I put that on Brad Stevens. That's not Wanamaker's fault that Stevens no, puts I, them both on the court. You know, like, that's not where Wanamaker should be. It, Wanamaker should be coming in for Kemba, not going in for Brown and you get Kemba and Wanamaker. Well, yeah, I'm not. that's beside the point. But what I'm saying, when Brad's – when Wanamaker's literally on the court, like, when he has the ball making conscious decisions, he makes the – constantly seems like he's making the most questionable, most complicated decisions on the floor. And it's just it hinders the offense. It slows it down the rhythm that the rotational players try to build. And I just think he's he should be as good as gone. 
Yeah. Um, Wanamaker does lead the league in free throws, though. So okay. that is something taken. Uh, we'll, we'll find any other NBA player to make free throws. Yeah, but he leads it like 92% or something. Okay, cool. Hey, yeah. my name at the end of the game. Now, these next two players, especially the last one, are players that are going to be – could take up a decent amount of money. The last kind of, what, one, two, three, four players, they've uh, – they kind of the guys you could pay a couple million for, right? Um, first one being Ennis Cantor. He's a player option. And before we start talking about Ennis Cantor, I think he opts out and he's gone out of Boston because I don't know if you guys saw his Instagram post, but he had a very cryptic Instagram post and it talked – he was, like, thanking the fans. And you could take it how you want. You could say, oh, he's just thanking him. He's going to come back. But the way I read it, the way I perceived it, was it sounded like like he's gone, like he's leaving Boston because he thanked Boston in general. He didn't thank the fans; he thanked Boston. So, here's the thing about Cantor: when you signed him, you knew what you were getting. You knew he wasn't going to be. He came and guarded traffic cone on defense. Like he, you know what he, you knew what you were getting him for him for one year and five million. Um, I. I'm hoping that that's the case if, if he is planning on walking away because that'll free up just a little bit of extra cap for a team that is going to, I think, suffer a little bit from this cap hit that the NBA is going to hit. Um, but we'll talk about that later. Um, I think if that happens, it obviously allows more room for Robert Williams to get a more prominent role in the team because I think that's going to be huge next year. Um, and that him sh- sharing minutes with Cancer, I think, kind of put a halt to that a little bit. Um but I knew what I was getting with Cancer. He could rebound, can't really defend. He's very good at finishing under the hoop, but I think his services are no longer required for Boston. I'll just say that much. I hope we keep him. I like Cantor a lot. I mean, he is instant production. Is that what you want to call it? Yeah, I mean, he I mean, immediately comes in. You see him get points under the basket, get them offensive rebounds. Off the bench, that's all I want. I mean, I'm not looking for a big defensive guy off the bench. Do I think he should start? No, I hope we have someone other than Tice starting next year, but I think off the bench he does fine. Well, one thing I'll say about Cantor is I like Cantor as a player, but I don't think he fitted in Boston well. Um, I I would like to see him leave. Um, Not only just because, like you said, read the cap, but this thing is in the best entrance for both, both him and the Celtics. Just opt out and leave. Um, I think he's a great player, though. I think he could do a lot. I mean, he was very useful in those OKC days. Um, he, you know, he has the game; he can play. I just don't feel like he fit in the Celtics because the one thing with the Celtics is that we didn't need scoring; we needed defense, and that was one thing that he kind of suffered on. So, um, uh, Ennis, I love you, man, but you please opt out. Like it was some more cap. I will say though, if Enos Cantor opts out, because I don't know why everyone calls him Ennis, it, just to acknowledge his name sounds like penis. That's what it is. But if he opts out, then I guarantee Taco Fall follows him wherever he goes. Him and Taco are like brothers nowadays. Uh, take him. Take, take both. <laughs> no. Take might be worth watching Ennis Cantor go. I'll just say that much. I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't miss either one of them. I, I, would, I would miss Ennis Cantor as a fan of the NBA in general because, like I said, I think he's a good player. And he fits on a lot of teams, but he did not fit on the Celtics team. And I would not miss him as a Celtics fan. Uh, the last guy. The very last one that we got going uh, for this year, Gordon Hayward. He has a player option. I mean, let's just all say he's opting in because he's not getting that money again. No offense, Gordon, but you've had some crazy injuries. And you're not seeing that money again, so opt in to secure your bag. Um, I mean, geez, talk about talk about an upset of a contract, though. I mean, yeah, it sucks to say, yeah. but it's the truth. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> I mean, hey, 
if you want to talk about not being a green teamer, I mean, <laughs> green teamers don't shit, I believe. I love Gordon Hayward, and I was super excited when he got him, but it just sucks. He's had such a crappy injury history. Um, it's just from freak, freak, crazy injuries that it's just like, how does that even happen? Like you had the, obviously the one against Cleveland in the 2017, you had the one, uh, you know, the bubble, which killed us. And then you had the wrist one earlier. He had his fingers a couple times. He's had his other ankle. Like it's just so many. Yeah. The Cleveland injury, the, obviously the bubble when he rolled his ankle. And then the third one was when he ran right into uh, LaMarcus Aldridge's, LaMarcus Aldridge's chest and broke his hand. He also broke a couple fingers. He was off for a little bit too. No, oh, yeah, well, that's that's fingers. You got nine more. Yeah, but uh, you it also no, throws off his rhythm. You know, here's the thing. I put out a post this week about Gordon Hayward, and I kind of like kind of I felt like I wanted to get stuff like off my chest because I feel that like Boston. First of all, Boston fans are very toxic. I'm one of them. I'm a very toxic fan. I think that's that goes without saying. I think all Boston fans are, whether you like it or not, just the truth. For, they like they want to like put the blame on him for like not showing up at all in Game Six. Like yeah, there's other things. Kemba didn't have a great series. He didn't really have a good playoff run altogether. Tice was a non-factor in that game too. Like we just didn't have it. And to put that on Hayward's unfair. Like he's done so much for you. We rushed him to get back. We like we did rush him, but he also made it was his decision in all in all. Um, but I I just think like we're not. It's for a team centered around luck. He's been one of the most unlucky players in franchise history, just like these three freak injuries. But what I was saying was when I said that, like, it's been a very long season. Like, think back to how he was this regular season. It was his best in Boston. Like, he was a factor. He was, before he broke his hand, like, there was all-star buzz around him. That was legitimate. Like, he, I'm not, like, he was getting uh, legitimate all-star consideration. Um, I do think that he is crucial to this core. You might think that it's a, his play style is a little redundant for what we're trying to build with all these wings, but he's that like he's that facilitator, that like that steady pace kind of player that we need for this team, especially with our young guys and Jalen and uh, Jason ready to take that next step. So I wouldn't be opposed to him coming back and playing next year in Green, um, no matter what other fan, uh, fans might say. But if the as far as trades go, I was saying that if you're only, I'm only want, willing to trade him for the right deal, and I'm not sure what that right deal looks like for this team. That's fair. I I don't dislike Gordon Hayward. I like having him on the team. I think his contract right now. I mean, who knew he would have been so injured? But if we could add more years to his contract, just to like. I don't know, like another year to make him only like a $17 million a year player. I mean, that would be fantastic. But will it happen? Probably not. Who knows? Maybe uh, Brad talks to him and gets him to opt out and re-sign a contract or something. Can you even do that in the NBA? Restructure a contract like that? I don't even know. I don't think he can. Did Horford do it? I don't think so. I thought Horford did it when he was a Celtic. No, definitely not a Celtic. Not here for three years. Um, but one thing I will say about um, about Gordon, and because I, I do kind of talk bad about him a lot because of his injury history and just he takes a long time for him to come back. But I mean, when he came here, he was supposed to be he was like a superstar, and you know he got treated like that. And it just sucks that four years later I'm sitting here saying like, you know, it kind of sucks that you know we didn't get a full full potential. Kyle, why? I don't know why you gave me that face. Gordon Hayward was a perennial superstar. No, he was a perennial superstar when he came out from Utah. He carried that team. Did he have when he came to us? I think 
What? I want to say I'm right, but I'm not sure if that's entirely right. I thought yeah, he got like 13 All NBA before he. Yeah, uh, he did. He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was an All NBA. He was a perennial superstar. Great player, and he could. He was supposed to be the second option behind Isaiah Thomas, and then we moved him, and then we, all of a sudden now you have Kyrie and, and Gordon Hayward, and Al Horford. That was the big three. I mean, I don't know if you guys ever remember that, but that summer, um, you guys kept. Well, I don't know what the one is. But. He had one All Star appearance before he came to us. Yeah, but did you see? Did you see how he was playing with the ball? My ass. Yeah. Okay. It's not our fault. That, it's not his fault that he decided to make the All Star team a year before. He, he plays was... in damn Utah. Who's the hell's gonna vote to anyone in Utah? Come on. Exactly. Not... He was the number one option, bar none. No, I said who's gonna well, vote for anyone in Utah? No one's voting for a player in Utah. Pretty, Utah, Utah hasn't been relevant before hat. Gordon Hayward since Carl Malone was there. For Christ's sake! I'm gonna I mean, interrupt you. I'm gonna interrupt you. Hayward did not make All NBA. He was just an All Star that year. Really? Yeah, yeah. I remember reading. Maybe I was reading that he got snubbed because I do remember hearing his name in the All NBA exactly. conversation. That's why he could have gotten that supermax uh, super extension. That's what it was. But he turned out Rudy Gobert. Um, Rudy, oh, Rudy Gobert. Uh, six feet away, please. <laughs> no, but uh, Gordon Hayward, I mean, I, I like him a lot. I thought he was a good fit for the team when they signed him, but unfortunately with the injuries, he hasn't lived up to that, to his contract. And he's going to opt in because, he. I mean, I'm not complaining and opting because, I mean, I mean, I do the same thing. I mean, come on, you'd be an idiot if you didn't opt in. So, Gordon Hayward, secure your back, man. I'm happy you're going to be here for another year. I really like you a lot because you're a good player, but maybe next year take a team-friendly deal, please. Please. I'll say this. I know that the offseason could get complicated because, like, oh, the cap hit comment that's going to come, that has come already because the NBA lost money in the bubble. Um, I will say that I'm really expecting that much of this team is going to be back. I do not really expect any big major changes. Like, this core is coming back. This, like, first few guys off the bench I think will end up coming back. But let's say you can you can write out your own offseason for the Celtics. What's like the one like move you guys are trying to get realistically? Like what's what's yeah. this one move that you want them to do? Whether it's bring in a guy, get rid of a guy, trade for a guy. Like what's what's on your minds? You guys aren't gonna like this one at all. Do you want me to go first? Or do you want to save the suspense for Jake? You save the suspense for me. You guys go first. Okay. What I would love to do. This is a, assuming other things. Like let's say Wanamaker walks. And Cantor decides to opt out. Like that frees up that little bit of cap space uh, enough to get like a veteran minimum or two. I've been saying it all season long. Bring in Demarcus Cousins. He's a big body that can play a complete game that Cantor can't do. Yeah, he hasn't played in a year, but that's all the more reason. That's all the more reason I think he will sign for a cheap contract. Like he signed the vet minimum for LA and Golden State. He probably won't even start right away. Like you can't really expect just throw him into the fold like that. Like he'll he'll be in production off the bench and then work his way up to a starting lineup, uh, starting position. I feel, and he just he's that massive six ten, six eleven, seven footer that Cantor is that can play the complete other side of the game while also having a lot more production on offense. Uh, the other one that's I feel like this could go hand in hand. I'm getting crazy with this. I know bench scoring. You need, if Wanamaker leaves, you need, and it helps with the closer, helps with bench scoring. Danny Ainge is going to pick up the phone and dial for Isaiah Thomas. That would, you have to bring back Isaiah Thomas. I'd love to see that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, the fa- that's the fan in me. I feel like at this point, why not? You need that closer. You need bench scoring. We were literally 29th in the league in bench scoring. 
I think it was like 25 points a game from the bench. You can't have that at all. You're second to last. That problem goes away with Isaiah Thomas. He's not the player he once was, yeah, probably. But that that play style doesn't just leave, especially even, even though he's five foot six or whatever. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't go away, especially with his mentality. I'm willing to give him another shot. He's ready. He'll, he's he's begging to come back. I don't know if you ever see his uh, social media, but he's literally said openly that he wants to come back and play for the Celtics. Make it happen, Danny Ainge. Can we start a petition on that? Is that possible? Let's start one up. You know, change.org uh, petitions never work. Let's make this the first one to work. Um, yeah. Time to ruffle some feathers. Um, I, I'll i start with the, saying that I agree with what Reed said. Different players, but I agree with what he said. Um, I think you trade Tice and someone else on the Celtics. I don't know, some little... Some little runt like uh, oh Tremont Waters he he would fit well actually um, so get rid of Tyson Tremont send him over to Brooklyn for a guy that's not going to be utilized. You're not going to take Joe ha- uh, Jared Allen for that or Karis Levert. You're not getting anyone from Brooklyn. I would say I I think Tyson someone else get Jared Allen out of Brooklyn. No, put him on the happening. Celtics. It, it might you never know they have. Uh, who is it? Oh, they have DeAndre Jordan. He's going to be their starting center. So you're talking like Brooklyn is like this crappy team in it right now. They're going to be they're they're going to they might win the East. The Nets are not going to finish above a four seed next they year. They literally they're coming back with with Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant went before he got injured was the best player in the league. Did yes. you not? They're going to have coaching. They have snakes. Going to have coaching problems before the season ever even started. Did you listen to Kyrie Irving yesterday? He even said that. Quote, he's like, he doesn't see this team has a head coach. Like, what? Like, well, what does that even mean? No, 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 they, no. He said, he said, he doesn't think the team needs a head coach and doesn't see a head coach. Yeah, sounding like GID out here. You sound like an idiot. You sound like Kyrie Irving. But um, anyway, so. Also, you, t- you see the shot that LeBron he took? Oh my yeah. God. Brooklyn. Get him out of there. Okay. Uh, and second, there is one guy in free agency. We talked about it earlier in the episode. Three-point shooting. Sign Kyle Korver. Put that was actually really good. I would take Kyle Korver. I like that a lot. I would take J.R. Smith. <laughs> no, don't take J.R. Smith, please. please. He's, a, he's a winner. He's a proven winner. Yeah. And have, get another ring this John year. <laughs> you know, but no, I like I like that move with Kyle Korver. Um, I would have preferred a J.J. Reddick, but he has a player off. So maybe he also had a uh, New Orleans, but who knows? Um, right, make me have a heart attack. Yeah, you guys are gonna kill me for this, and you're gonna get pissed. I think you shop smart, and I think you shop smart and see, just test it, just see what you can get. Uh, because, like we said, the Celtics need a big man, right? They need the the big man, and I think if you shop smart just to see what his value is, he has that really good team friendly contract. Just just shop him, see what you can get. Depending on the deal, if it's if it's the Jake. right deal, trade it. Jake. This is not what? me being a green teamer. I think I'm representing every 99.99% of Celtics fans, and you're the .01. No, I know. A lot of people like – I love Smart. I think he's a good player. In a championship without Marcus Smart. I think you shuffle him. I, I, I also think you shuffle him. not win a championship without Marcus I Smart. I don't know. I don't think it would hurt to shuffle him. What, what's the target? Like, who, who do you think we could get for Marcus Smart? Like, yeah, you can get a lot of people, but if, I think defense, you could... if defense was as valued as offense – this guy's an all-star. Yeah, I'm not saying he isn't, but I'm saying I think you could, you could package him with. You have him for a steal. 
you would you if you could paid off uh, defensive guards max money, he's worth max money. But for the contract amount, that's something you hold on to. That's a steal. What if you can trade him, and we'll say him and Tice, a couple of picks, and we'll throw in like a semi Ojale or a Brad Wanamaker, right? Well, for, then get like Anthony for, Davis. For Bam out of bio. You can go get Carl Anthony Towns with that. Like, I don't like. What about Bam? You could get Bam with that. I don't want that. I think you could get Bam for a lot less. That's what I'm saying. So, if you could, if you could get, if you could get, uh, if the primary deal is surrounded between Smart and out bio, I don't know how you don't look at that and consider it at least. Oh, that triggered me a little bit. You were right. Yeah. I know. Thank you. I told you. <laughs> I, I, a lot of people hate that, but. I think that's something you look at smart for Anabayo because you need the big man. You most certainly do. You, we, that's, you, we, get, that's not how you go about getting it. Trading your, like the, he's he's the corner, like he's the corner piece for us. Like I don't think he meshes good with Tatum or Brown. That's you're the only one that thinks that. How how does he not? He he uh, freaked out in that game too. And I mean, what happened after that series? They lost in six. He's a, I, don't get me wrong, I love him. But he's the type of guy that would have been good on that 08 team. He's not good on this soft 2020 team. What? This team doesn't have – this team doesn't – yeah, you, and you called me a green teamer earlier. You don't ever say that again. No. Hey, no, time out. No, time out because you even said, like, you made that weird KG comparison a few episodes back saying, like, he can be that guy and that he is that guy. Like, now you're backtracking. Yeah. I'm like, what? Like, no, I'm not backtracking that at all. He can be the guy. I love soft. that. Damn. That's how it is. But – you tell me if Kevin Garnett was on this team, they w- he wouldn't scare the living hell out of these players. No, we wouldn't want to. I don't think smart. I don't think smart's that guy. I don't think he meshes with them. I just don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I saw it in the bubble. I just. I don't know if smart meshes with that. And I, I think mean, you gotta maybe you wait this year, but I don't think the core with smart. The core isn't uh, Tatum Brown, Kemba. It's Tatum Brown and Smart. And I don't. I'm curious if maybe. Smart doesn't mesh with the other two. And would you rather move on from Tatum and Brown or Tatum or Smart instead? I don't know. I just, I don't know. I feel like you at least shop them. Whether you trade them, it depends on the deal. I feel like you should. Never pronounce taco like smart. That's a weird way to pronounce taco. But no, that's that's uh, Tatum Brown and Taco are the future. Um, Just saying. Shop them. I am mailing out. I told you I was going to speak to you guys. I gave you guys a warning. We trade Marcus Smart. I am mailing out my Celtics fandom and I'm watching baseball. I don't know. <laughs> Trust me and shop him. You, you might you might be able to get a decent. Like the it. point you made about him in the bubble, like that. I think that point got heavily exaggerated. Like that, who? That's that's not what it is. You saw the chemistry in this team all season long. They're all competitors. Jalen Brown's competitor. Marcus Smart is a competitor. You get these guys. Nothing's working. They're gonna lash out at each other in the locker room. I can almost guarantee you stuff like that happens all over the league. And it's you know what else? Put under a, a, such a microscope because so, they're in the. Eastern Conference Finals. That's why it's under such a microscope. Yeah, I you know what you lose if you if you let's say hypothetically you trade smart, and I never said trade him. I said shop him, right? Uh, if let's say you tra- let's say you trade smart and a deal center around smart and Adebayo, right? You you lose the the thing with smart. You lose like obviously like his intensity, right? But the bigger that outweighs all that, you lose him chucking up all those stupid three point shots with early in the shot clock. You lose that. Give him for that for what he does on the defensive and that no one else is capable of doing as on a guard, as a defensive guard in the NBA. No one else is capable of doing what he can do. I don't. Know. I think you. you don't I think win you shop. Marcus Smart. You shop him. See what, you, see what you can get. Yeah, Bam. Though, I mean, that's a. Oh. 
I want to say go down. back and look at champions. Like very rarely do you win an NBA championship. I mean, Golden State oh, is famous for doing it, but you rarely win an NBA championship with an all without an All Star level center or a Hall of Fame center. Like that's a need. So if we got out of buyout, that's. I, I mean, I think you at least shop them. I don't say. I'm not saying you trade them. The first deal that comes, you shop them, see what his value is on the market, and if the right deal is there, you look at it, consider it, and then go from there. Well, first just, of all, forget the Adebayo like target because you can see how he what he just he's killed us last season. They're not gonna give him up forever. He's he's gonna be held on like Elmer's glue. He's staying there. You can forget those comparisons. Like if anything, you're if anyone's getting shipped out in our core, it's Goran Hayward, and I'm not even start, uh, sure that he's gonna get traded. I think I really expect much uh, this team to run it back next year. I don't think that's entirely a bad thing. I think if guys like Cantor leave or Wanamaker leave, it leaves room for like. Robert Williams to get a bigger role because you see what he's been capable of doing in crunch time minutes. I really wish we played him a lot more in the Miami series because he was such a difference maker. You see Romeo Langford, like he was like, I saw, I listened to John Krause today. He, he made a good point. He was like, he had like a snake bitten career, how he just kept getting like plagued by injuries, even when he first came here. I think when you get him on the floor, he's an energy guy. He's a guy that I think can have a very smooth progression in the year two. And it can be like a, that valuable bench piece that if we strike out free agency, that at least we can fall back to him on. I expect a big leap from him and Robert Williams, but I'm not expecting anything crazy like trading smart. I'm really expecting. I'm not expecting it either. I think you at least shop him though. I just strongly disagree. There is a big difference between shopping and trading a player. Trading a player means you need to get rid of him. Shopping just says, "Hey, could I get for this guy?" Shopping. If yeah. if reports come out that you're shopping him, that's your chemistry going out the window, buddy. That's how teams crumble. It's a two-step okay. process. Then, That's a step process. You're really going to tell me if Danny answered down to him and said, hey, yo, I don't know what this is. You know how many of those reports come out and are just like BS? Come on. Don't tell me they're not. A lot of those reports are BS. Okay, so if the they're players know that. You're going to assume it's BS then. Yeah, and you don't, you don't assume until you, you hear uh, songs are in serious trade talks with so-and-so in regards to Marcus Smart and ex-player. You know? Oh. I don't know. I, I can't see this him leaving. I don't. I'm not saying I'm expecting it. I just think if he's the guy, if he's the guy in the core you want to move, I think you look at him and I think you shop him around, see what you can get, test the market. But any other other uh, other thoughts? We're gonna be talking a lot about free uh, this off season as we follow along the finals wrap up. Yeah, I do have one down the timeline. Uh, I heard that there might be someone coming on in the near future. We'll get to that in one sec. Yeah, okay, we can do that. We do. I mean, I was gonna have one more topic I wanted to bring up. What's up? No, we'll we'll touch on that first. We'll leave the suspense. Keep going. We'll yeah. So, uh, I want to talk about Kemba Walker with his injury. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the quote from Danny. He kind of went on this huge little thing about it. Uh, this is kind of taken like a little bit from it, but he said Kemba Walker was definitely not himself. In fairness to Kemba, he doesn't want to say that. I could tell he wasn't the same physically as he was in October, November, December. So we're gonna try and get get that Kemba back. Uh, that was I saw that on yesterday, I believe it was, and I kind of looked at it today more. And that was, I mean, we kind of talked about it and kind of speculated that probably Kemba Walker wasn't 100%. And with Danny H coming out and, like, flat out saying it, I took it, you can take it two ways. One, yeah, he wasn't 100%, you could tell, right? But you can also say it, but maybe it's a cover-up. I don't know. I don't think it's a cover-up, though. A lot of people do think that, though. I think, legitimately, he wasn't 100% himself. Uh, because I didn't really, I kind of forgot about it. But if you go back and look at his splits from October, November, and December, oh, my God, what a streak. 
The guy was putting up at like 37, like I think on back-to-back nights or something like that. He had a he had a lot of 30-point games in that you know span. So I saw that and I was like, wow, like you know what happened? And I think you know I think he had that injury right in around December or January that kind of you know held him back. But obviously that ankle injury kind of hurt him too. But I don't know what you guys had thought about that. Two points. One. Yeah, I'm sure Kemba wasn't 100%, but now to go and say that now once you just got eliminated, that seemed a little weak a little bit. Like, I don't yeah, that wouldn't have been said if they won the championship. Like, let's say they won a championship, they wouldn't say, like, yeah, he played hurt, whatever. Like, well, maybe they would have. I don't know, make, make him sound tough. But I think it just comes – it came out kind of weak on his part. Like, no one's really ever said out – they were, all we've heard from the bubble saying, like, oh, yeah, his ankle – his knee's fine. Like, he's back to Kemba, whatever. And now you're saying it's been bothering him. But it seemed like a kind of a cop-out. Um, but the other point I want to make, like this, this season we've been plagued by injuries, like always, like Gordon Hayward missing extended time, Kemba missing here and there with uh, knee soreness, even during the regular season before the bubble. And then like Robert Langford being out, Robert Williams being out, like this off season is about getting healthy and coming back at full strength. Cause that's going to benefit Kemba. Like we said, like, how he, how he started the regular season, like he will get back to cardiac Kemba. You just need that extra rest that apparently he wasn't getting during quarantine. I, I don't know how you come back and you're still hurt. I think it's just because of all that, all those month of inact- months of inactivity. Um, they're going to come back. They're going to get healthy. And I expect us to be back here next year. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's getting to the point where, yeah, don't get me wrong. It's nice that we're making the Eastern Conference Finals. But, my God, I want to win one and then – not only win one, but actually have a chance to win the finals. So hopefully that happens soon. We did have a chance. That's the worst part. But one thing I will say about Kemba Walker is um, if he couldn't, if he didn't fix it or, you know, heal, oh, that's what I'm looking for, heal. <laughs> but if uh, if he couldn't heal in quarantine, why well, what, why would we think that he's able to heal in the offseason? You know, like we, he basically just had an offseason, right? So if he's not, if he's not ready to go and he can't heal in that time, do we sit him out? Do you just sit out for extended, like, yeah, like maybe more? Like there's no practice facility. Like now you can go to the practice facility in the off season. Like they didn't really open that up till like a month, month and a half before the bubble started. Like you have that extra time to train. During quarantine, you're kind of on your own. You're not really in communication with like the doctor, like physical one-on-one interaction with the like team trainers or whatever. Like that, we know how like everything got shut down literally because we're in uh, pandemic shutdown. But that's now which is you're in off season mode. You're re, you're reloading, like I said. Like you're you're getting that energy bar back to one hundred to prepare for next season. Yeah, I mean that's a good point. I don't know. I feel like if he really needed PT though, he would have uh he would have seeked it and would have gotten it. But I don't know. Maybe you're right. I don't know. I would ask I just GRD I don't I would ask GRD what he thinks about this, but uh he's on the road right now. Speaking of on the road, good segue to our next guest. Our first guest. First guess. You heard him on the radio, the voice of the Boston Celtics. Uh, next week, we'll be having Sean Grandy on as our first guest for uh, GRD podcast. Very excited for that. Uh, we'll talk to him about kind of, a little bit about his upbringing, in, uh, media, and uh, we're just going to talk Celtics with him, see what he thought about uh, our playoff run. And it's going to be a good time. We're, gonna, we're excited to bring him on. Thank you for agreeing to come on. Um, so we'll talk to you guys next week. Hopefully, we'll, we'll, GRD will be here for that. He will not be in Kansas City. He'll be on our, the good side in New England. GRD will be back in town. 
yeah, Sean Grady coming on. Honestly, a legend. I mean, if you guys don't know who this guy is, you've definitely heard him. Probably, you know, uh, he is an absolute legend, not only in Celtics, but in just broadcasting in general. Uh, there's a quick little one fact I'll say because I, I kind of I really like how this guy uh, came up and it just his you know it's work ethic and stuff. Um, he he hit 1,000 games before he he was 40 in like 2009, and then he hit 2,000 just a couple weeks ago, and he's like what 50 ish. And he's already hit 2,000 games. Like, just that. I mean, that alone tells you that this guy's a legend. And he's up there right behind Johnny Mose and Mike Gorman. So, this guy's definitely a legend. You guys don't want to miss out next week's episode of the GOD podcast where we bring on him. And this will be the first of hopefully many. I mean, like we said, Sean, we're very grateful that you're able to come on. Uh, but, hey, you know, this is hopefully a lot that, you know, have more guests on and, you know, kind of work on with the podcast because, you know, Celtics are over now. We can't can't ramble on forever about you know this loss and gotta have some new content come on. So thanks for watching this week's episode of the GOD podcast, and we'll catch you guys next week. Make sure to stay for Sean Grandy. <laughs>